Well, thank you very much, guys, for leading us in worship this morning. Um, You will see from the word uh, that these guys obey scripture in leading us with fervor and skill all at the same time. Uh, We're grateful for the the gifts that they share with us. Uh, A few weeks ago, uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, first Sunday of Advent, the, the Sunday of joy, uh, actually, um, we spent some time in Psalm 33, verse 1. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. That was actually the second week of Advent. Um, and, and it was a challenge for us to think about shouting to the Lord with joy with all the suffering that we have on since then, going on in our church since then, we've had as many as 10, 12 or more families with the flu all at the same time. And that's, that's quite a number for our relatively small uh, church. So a lot of them are at home today with the flu and uh, still suffering that way. And then, of course, with all the sickness and Cindy Newton going to be with the Lord yesterday. Such a reminder of us of the, of the transitory nature of this life said at the funeral yesterday that it probably doesn't work this way. But if it did, I can see Cindy talking about throughout eternity the fact that she first saw Jesus face to face on Christmas Eve. You know, we think about, oh, Christmas, it's a horrible time. It's a terrible time for something to happen. But I can see Cindy, if it works this way, going through out eternity, say, hey, you know, the first time I saw Jesus face to face, Christmas Eve. How cool is that? Christmas Eve. And this life is, it's, it's, it's such a paradox. Everything about the Christian life is a paradox. Jesus said, he who saves this life will lose it. The one who loses his life for my sake and the gospel, the same will save it. The worship team was singing about this mystery this question, when you first, when you took your first breath, did you know that it would change the world? Did you know that I would be worshiping you? I'm not sure. I used to say absolutely. As a babe in Bethlehem's manger, Jesus knew that we would be worshiping together on this day and we'd be talking about this. I'm not as certain anymore. I'm not exactly sure how that, that human nature and that divine nature work together in one person. Remember the Trinity, we always, I talk about this a lot, but it's important to understand the Trinity, three persons, one nature, Jesus, one person, two natures, human and divine. How does that all work? I don't know. Well, I I, I need to not go too far afield because I want us to spend time today talking about the mystery of the relationship. That we have with Christ. Look at the verses that are on the screen right now. In fact, take note of one or two of these verses. We're going to have time of sharing like we typically do after Thanksgiving and after Christmas. But the time of sharing today is going to be a little more structured than it was uh, earlier. This time we want to talk about our beautiful, wonderful, mysterious relationship with the Lord. When we talk about being connected with God, we say things like, I've been saved or washed in the blood of the Lamb. Nobody says that much anymore. But, or, 
actually you don't even hear people say, I've been born again. Very biblical term. You hear things like, I've accepted Jesus into my heart. Not so biblical. Not, I, I don't have a real problem with it. But it's, it's not a, a way that scripture describes our relationship with God. We all repent and believe and there's a sense in which it seems like we are accepting God's provision for us. And very truly we are. And yet at the same time, Scripture doesn't put it exactly like that. So we want to talk about our relationship with the Lord that is so much fuller and richer than we describe it to be sometimes. So uh, after we work through Psalm 33, and by the way, we're just going to do this very quickly, and it's only going to serve to whet your appetite. I hope you'll spend some time in this spectacular psalm on your own later this week but after that then we're gonna talk about it so i'll ask you you may have other verses in scripture in the new testament that that mean a lot to you as far as your connection with jesus that you want to share with us but if if nothing else we'll read through some of these verses and love for some of you to just say yeah give me the microphone i want to and and just read this passage and then share what it means to you if you would like to or just read it and say okay next that's all right. We, we just want to hear from the Lord this morning. So we're going to pray and then begin with the time in Psalm 33. Let's pray. Father, um, we are so thankful as we are acutely aware of all of the suffering around us. That our sickness... Lord, our circumstances that so seem to be against us, our enemies, even our failures don't have the last word for those of us who believe in Jesus. We pray this morning as we just soak in the richness of the relationship that we have with you, that we would be nourished, nurtured, challenged to give our hearts all over again to you. Not so that we might be saved again, but so that the life and light of Christ would flow through us in a very dark world. May we be the light that you have called us to be. You have made us to be. Let us not hide it. Let us not distract From the message that you have intended. For those with whom we come in contact. Lord the connections that you have divinely arranged. Let us not hide the gospel of Christ. So encourage. uh, Thrill. Challenge. Direct our hearts this morning. In Jesus name. Amen. Shout for joy in the Lord. Oh you righteous. Praise Fits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make a melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. As we've already acknowledged, Lee Newton lost his wife this week. But that's not entirely true, is it? Anyone who can be located is not lost. And we know where Cindy is this morning. 
loud shouts of joy. Uh, I, I just so enjoyed this week listening to the family talk about Cindy. One of the things I didn't mention yesterday, but that they said was that she would she had a great laugh, and she would laugh to the point that she would lose her breath. Wouldn't you love to just see that? Don't you love to see that kind of laughter? That was a joy that she had in life, but her life was only that joyful because of the relationship she had with the Lord. Yesterday's funeral was a confirmation of verse. Praise befits the upright. That entire family trusts the Lord at the highest levels. The praise yesterday was not quite as raucous as these verses indicate that praise can be. But loud praise has its place. It's interesting that skill and fervor are harnessed together in the same place. A lot of times we don't think of them together. But an excellent God deserves not only our fervor, but our best effort. And listen, he's gifted some and with musical abilities more so than he has others. But we all ought to do our best. And as a body, we do our best. That's why... We would love some of you to be in the worship team. And we would love for some of you not to be. No, that's a a terrible, terrible thing. Horrible thing to say. I would draw that comment. Isn't that the way lawyers do it, Jim? (laughs) Look at verse 4. For the word of the Lord is upright. And all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. The earth is full of the glory of the Lord. And now we're told it's full of the steadfast love of Yahweh. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And by the breath of his mouth, all their host. Yahweh's word and his work are inseparable. Because his words are never useless. His word is never useless. We talk about how the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, and the Word of God are inseparable. The Spirit never works apart from the Word. And the Word lies there flat without the Spirit. Well, the same thing is true with God's Word and His works. They go together. Verses 4 and 5 teach us that God is far, far more than creator. All that he does is right and the earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. It is right that we praise him. Verse 7. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Creation obeys the voice of the Lord. People, on the other hand, tend to be far more stubborn. Verse 10. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people whom he has chosen as his heritage. 
we know better. Even still, we think if our candidate can just get in, or if this nation or that nation would just behave themselves, if we could just take out certain people that we don't like in the world, if, if, if we need to just stop. It is enough for us to know that we are his heritage. And I'm not talking about America as such. But the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. If you belong to Jesus, Paul says in Galatians 3.29. Then you are Abraham's offspring. Heirs according to the promise. You are spiritual Israel if you believe Verse 13, the Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. So who do you think God sees from heaven? Pretty much everyone, right? And in case you've forgotten, God is sovereign Over everything. Verse 16. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. And by its great might it cannot rescue. Behold the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. On those who hope in his steadfast love. That he may deliver their soul from death. And keep them alive and famine. These are actually great words for believers, especially in our time and in our land. Do not trust your resources, nor assume the worst because someone else seems to have power over you. And we go both ways on that, don't we? It's like, well, I've, I've got this. In fact, that's it's one of our it's one of those phrases, you know, that you see all over the place. You used to see it in these big action movies. Now you see it in cartoons. I've got this. We've got this. Mm, no, no. On the other hand, oh no, all is lost. Disaster has come upon us. This has happened. This, no. God has the final word. Verse 20, our soul waits for the Lord. Whenever you see the word wait, especially in the Old Testament, think of patience. Think of trust. You want to think about finding a quiet place early in the morning and just say, I wait for the Lord to speak to me. He's already speaking. In his word to you. All you have to do is open the word. And read it. And he's speaking to you. It's always best to pray like the psalmist did. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. But if you're a believer. He is speaking to you in his word. Waiting. This has the idea of trusting the Lord. When everything is chaos around you. Our soul waits for Yahweh. He is our help and our shield. Not saying that the quiet, listen, Jesus did that. We ought to do, get alone and be quiet 
and in a sense wait before the Lord. But above all, this is telling you to trust in God. Kathy Wells and I were talking before the service. Doesn't it all come down to that? Just everything comes down to trust God. Believe God. For everything. For your salvation. For your righteousness. For your rescue. For your help. For your transition. Not from life to death, but from death to life. It all comes down to believing to trusting our soul waits for the Lord he is our help and our shield for our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name let your steadfast love O Lord be upon us even as we wait and as we hope even as we hope in you so this psalm begins with loud shouts of joy And even in the midst of chaos, it ends with the psalmist heart still waiting patiently for the Lord, trusting in in him no matter what. I sent this particular reference to Allison last night. She knew we would be in Psalm 33 this morning. And I said, pay special attention to these verses. Allison... um, was it was already Sunday morning when I sent the references last night. It's already Sunday night. It's actually into my well look, if you think you're confused, I am I can't keep up with it. They're sixteen hours a, ahead of us. But Allison's mom had the stroke that David was talking about and very quickly Allison and Sarah actually uh Jonathan is here. He and I are gonna go if if, if and when a funeral is certain, there's a possibility that Allison may come back at the end of this week, this coming week, and then have to go again very shortly. I, I can't tell you what that trip will do to your body, especially at my age, and especially with Allison with lymphedema, you know, in her right arm from cancer and the removal of lymph nodes. And it's, it's pretty serious, so please pray for her she uh, emailed I got the email when I woke up this morning just before she went to sleep Sunday night saying you know that she had been able to sit with her mom a good bit during the day and she said for a lady who is never at a loss for words and that is so true about Joan Cotton she doesn't miss anything and she's quite funny quite funny Uh, um Slowed in spirit, I mean, slowed in body from a, a stroke six and a half years ago. But man, her spirit is is amazing and just a, a delightful, lovely lady in Australian type words. And yet she's there, not able to speak. But Allison is comforted just spending time with her. So doctors don't expect her to recover. You never know about these kinds of things. She went with the anticipation that Jonathan and I would follow soon. But please be praying for her as she and the entire family rest in the truth of Scripture. In the ways that God ministers to us through our relationship with him. And the fact that this world is not our home. This world is not the end. Well, actually this world 
will be our home, but not in its current state. We will be in a perfect place, better than the Garden of Eden, because we'll be singing the song of the redeemed. Well, let's sing the song of the redeemed. Let's talk about our relationship with Jesus Christ right now. So these verses are up there just to get you going. Uh, there are so many more that we could talk about. And if, who would like to share this morning what it means to be related to Jesus Christ? David and Ricky both assure me that they can get to you very quickly. And so uh, we can have as many people as possible just talk about the goodness of God in his promises to us from his word. Well, through this year, some of y'all may know me as, you know, the crutches guy last Christmas or the chainsaw guy mid-year this year. Um, But through all that, um, the provisions that God made leading up to those events, um, just the, the flow in my work is a little up and down, just nature of the business, and those happen in the the most opportune times. So, you know, looking back on it, yeah, it's, it's tough to, to be knocked down and, and can't move when I'm, I can't stand that, but, uh, but just looking back at the provisions that God has made, and, you know, through two months, I mean, a, a month with my, my foot and then a, another probably three or four weeks with my chainsaw accident, still, on top of that, I'm probably 15% up in business this year. I mean, it's just miraculous what God can do if you just let him work. I often think about how a lot of times just because of the way we're natured, we say, oh, no, I hope the Lord's not preparing me for something. Usually he's not if that's the case. But when something happens, you look back and you see the way he laid it all out. We we were able to Skype with Allison's mom uh, on Christmas Eve morning in Australia just before she left to go down south to be with her family. So we were able to have a blessed time with her Skyping and, uh, on the day that she actually had the stroke. Uh, from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, uh, not on the screen, but one that's been big for me. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. Uh, he has done that for me. I, for, for those of you who don't know, uh, in, kind of been in between jobs, um, but I, I praise the Lord that he uh, took me out of the job I was in, because of what he has taught me in that transition. Uh, I've learned lessons about faith, uh, about his provision, about his love that I never would have learned if I had been in the job I was in. And uh, one of the best gifts also for Christmas, having all of Jenny's family here with us in these two rows, I praise him for that. Uh, but as we have trusted in him, he has, he has been faithful. And so many of you have... Uh, been so encouraging to us through your words and through your prayers, uh, letters, gifts. I uh, can't thank you enough. Uh, we love you, and uh, we look forward to whatever time we have left here. We are uh, planning to transition to Wilmington uh, because of the work that I'm in right now, just giving private instruction. I don't know God's table timetable on that, and 
he may close that door and open a different door, which is fine. But uh, we'll, in, we'll rejoice uh, in the time that we have here and also just realizing how early we're going to have to get up in the morning to make church on Sunday. So, <laughs> Hold your booze till the end of the service about the Petersons leaving. We're, we're, yeah, we'll have time for that. Someone read Colossians 1, 13 to 14. Someone read that for us. Who's got it open in your Bible? And, and, and let's just think about that for a minute. All right, Brian. This is my son-in-law, Brian Stafford. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, whom he loves, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Just think of everything that's wrapped up in that. Somebody said, if somebody says, if you're a Christian, are you a Christian? You know, you wouldn't be likely to say, yes, I've been rescued from the dominion of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his dear life, of, of, of his dear son. But you know what? Those words are for us, for believers. And, of course, if you said that, it would make someone mad. Like, oh, you think I'm in the dominion of darkness, do you? You could Then, of course, you would have to say, well, yeah, if you don't know Jesus. But what a blessing that is to us. Someone speak to that or another one of these passages or something else is on your heart. Feel free to share that. may be what I get for trying to structure the testimony time when they've been so free-flowing. All right. I was drawn to 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, kind of on the heels of, of, verse out of Colossians, verses out of Colossians there. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And... I always like to look at before and after a particular passage um, in order to, you know, gain a little fuller understanding of what I'm reading. And I'm just struck by, though, you know, these are in and of themselves, verses 9 and 10 here, very, um, I don't know, idealistic and kind of nice thought to hear and it's awesome. We're transferred from the kingdom of darkness into, into his marvelous, marvelous light. We, we once, once were not a people, but now we're a people. It's great that we're just all together. Just so touchy-feely and nice, right? But couched in that, or that is couched in references to Jesus, suffering, um, the fact that he yielded everything to the point of death and that this these little 
uh, are these two verses pulled out are very encouraging, but especially so when put in the context of the fact that Peter's writing to a people who are heavily persecuted, facing death for no fault of their own. And I'm drawn to realize, well, that's exactly what Jesus went through, right? Facing uh, punishment, not only at the hands of, of humans uh, and a physical punishment, but punishment for sin at God's hand. The wrath, as Brad points out, you know, multiple times through the year, the wrath of God was exhausted on Christ. And somehow we are called to yield as Jesus yielded, to suffer in the same not exact way, but kind of in the same likeness as Jesus suffered, according to that pattern. And that mercy that that is being pointed out here by Peter, what a, what a mercy that we don't have to do it alone, that he's drawn us together as believers, and we can rely on one another. And I just am praising God this morning for the way that he's done that in our family, you know, nuclear family here. Uh, giving us not only a husband and wife relationship, but a brother-sister relationship in Christ, Uh, seeing it in my children as they rely on us and we, in in a sense, rely on them as well for encouragement. Um, And it's, it's a privilege to watch them rely on one another as well. And then how God has chosen to put my nuclear family in the midst of this greater family, uh, spiritual family of his grace community church and i'm just looking forward to this year how we consider you know our place in the family um universally speaking um in the entire church so praise god for you this morning excellent word i i was listening to ravi zacharias on the way over here and he was speaking of this atonement that Jesus made. And atonement is not unique to Christianity, but the type of atonement that Jesus made is utterly unique. Other religions sacrifice animals, even human sacrifices, not so much today. I'm sure there are places in the world where there may be some of that pagan sacrifice, but human sacrifices throughout the year, but one was never enough at this point, tentatively planning to preach on Hebrews next year, starting in in, uh, in the fall. And Hebrews is one of those books that takes us everywhere in Scripture. So it's a great way to, to learn the Bible as we're looking at one book. But it, I'll develop that thought a lot more fully. But Again, excellent word by Scott saying it's not that we suffer as Jesus did, but there is a pattern. And until everything is made right, that pattern will continue. And we need to understand, as the disciples did in the earliest days, the apostles, that it's a privilege and a joy to suffer. Far better to suffer the wrath of man than the wrath of God. 
Fear not the one who can kill the body and that's it. Fear the one, that's God, who can kill the body and cast the soul into hell. So, on that cheery note, who's next? I was remembering Thanksgiving we had a lot of people give testimonies and I wanted to say something then, and I didn't, so I'm going to say something now. <clears throat> but I, I'm drawn to Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, to, as a preface to what I was thinking at Thanksgiving, actually, mm-hmm. where he says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace. And kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which Christ prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And as we had, we've had many illnesses, many sicknesses, and even a recent death in our family here at the church. But you know, all of our people who've had cancer, all of our people who've had all kinds of illnesses, tumors in the brain, whatever it is, are well. Because they know Jesus. <laughs> and nobody was ever more sick than I was when I was in perfectly good physical health. And living a life of what I thought was pretty good. Making a lot of money as a lawyer. Practicing law. With a good family. A good wife. And I was dead. I was dead in my trespasses. I was sicker than anyone in this room who knows Jesus will ever be again. Because in him we are healed of our sin. And we are saved. And nothing can be more important. To speak to is the hope that we have in Christ and, the, and, and, and being well in Jesus. Someone else? Anybody going to represent from this side of the room? Just going to. Well. I always squall every time I talk, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to slap myself so I don't cry. Dexter can do that for you. (laughs) Don't give me any ideas. No, do never, ever, ever take for granted this place. Ever. This place. Um, Can't do it. It's... (laughs) 
Well, it's just life-changing. Um, <clears throat> uh, there's no comparison. I sit and listen to other people talk about their churches, and I'm a preacher's kid. I've been in church my whole life, and I just want to go, mm. Y'all just, you just, you don't, you don't have it. You don't got it. You're just, you're, you're over here. I mean, it all sounds good and lovely and wonderful. And, but when you're here and compare this to everything else that's out there, please don't take this for granted because it is a very special place. And one thing of the blessings, there are so many I can't even name, but of getting to know Cindy Newton, for those of you who did not know her personally, that woman could be life-changing. She, um, I mean, you talk to her about what was going on and what her choices were, and she'd just go, well, you know, whatever. I mean, that was literally her attitude. If I live through this, wonderful, and if I don't, even better. And all the suffering in our home group that we've had, just she would just almost shame you, but not, not meaning to, but you just would feel so bad about yourself for even complaining when you know what that woman had gone through and that smile on her face. Dexter said she had that, the look, you just wanted to look at her all the time because her countenance was so full of Jesus. And that funeral yesterday was a celebration. It was, it was not, funeral is just a, not even a good word. I mean, it was a celebration. And she taught me so much in the one year that I got to know her and for the million other things that have happened since we've been here, that was one thing that um, if I didn't have anything else, it would have was such a privilege to know her. But um, this place is, is awesome, and please, please, please tr- cherish it. I, I was just thinking, Kathy, you've only been here a few years. If you had been here years before, um, you know, we've, we've gone through our tough times. But what you say is, is a good word to us. Do not take what we have for granted. Protect the unity. Keep the unity. Satan is always against us. He's always against us. And he has come against us with suffering physically right now. If he challenges us, our unity and our spiritually at a high level, we're going to look back and think, wow, you know, those days were not as difficult as these days. It, we cannot take for granted. The great thing about Cindy This woman loved life. She was like a renaissance woman. I mean, she loved all kinds of things. She'd make pie crust from scratch, and she was an avid reader. Um, Just an extremely intelligent woman. She loved life, but she loved Jesus more. And that was very evident. That's That's a call to all of us, isn't it? A challenge to all of us. Chris Pope. Well, I I'm, feel like I'm ringing the same bell everybody was ringing. What Jim said, I was thinking I wanted to stand up at Thanksgiving time and didn't. And so now I want to say it, but it, I feel like I'm just reiterating everything that's been said. Kathy, Scott, those that have spoken before have talked about family. And I mean, specifically at Christmas time, we get together with those that we don't always get to spend a lot of time with, specifically our extended family and sometimes even our immediate family, depending on proximity and where you live and things of that nature but I've heard it said more than gosh even in the last two days more times than I can recall in the last few years about essentially Jesus going and preparing a place for us we think about going to heaven when we pass away and we think about seeing the people that have gone before and reuniting with people that will follow us 
that are coming to heaven as well. But we don't think about that place. You know, what is this place that's being prepared for us? Scripture doesn't really tell us. But I know that in the last hours of Jesus' life, he broke bread with his disciples, his truest friends, and he wanted to reiterate to them what he'd been speaking to them for three years, at least we know through Scripture, probably more than that, just in his life alone, that family means so much. And not just our immediate family, not just the families we are born into, although I say that, now that I say that, we are born into this family as well. And this is a very special place. Kathy has it right. I was a preacher's, or not a preacher's kid, but I was, I feel like I was born in church. We were there every time the door was open, so I might as well have been a PK, but this is a special, special place. We have a unity here that I have never felt at any other church that I've ever been involved with or been a member of. And I think it's important for us to recognize we talk about Cindy Newton and her passing and what a special person she was. Each and every person here this morning, you are that person too if you know him. You are very special to someone close to you, to someone who is watching you. You're very special to him. It's amazing that he called me. I don't know why. It's amazing that he calls any of us. But it's so comforting to know that pretty soon, maybe not in our time, but in God's time, pretty soon we'll all be with Cindy. And I wanted to read you all something. It's not on the screen. It's from um, Psalm 133. And it speaks to unity. A song of ascents of David. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard. On the beard of Aaron running down on the, co- on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing. Life forevermore. Unity is so important. It's so good to be here with you all this morning. Never made the connection between unity and life, life forevermore at the end of that short, teeny Psalm 133. How powerful it is, though, and how powerful unity is. Um, I was reading in John 13 yesterday and just about the conf- there was confusion in that room. Jesus had taken the role of a servant, a slave, the lowest slave on the totem pole. In fact, wash your feet. He had said, Some, one of you is going to betray me, and they didn't know who. And all of that going on, and the rivalries that were constant between the disciples, and then Jesus said, in the same way that I've loved you, you are to love one another. And by this will all men know that you are my disciples, because you have love one for another again we rip that verse out like scott was saying and read it and it's it's powerful all in of its own but when you realize what set it up and jesus spoke into the confusion in that room and said i've given you example i've given you an example now love one another in the same way that i've loved you and you know what there's life when that happens All right, we're running out of time for this side of the room to do anything. Okay, Jacob, thank God. Jacob is coming through. You know, something that's encouraging to me, and in Genesis, we all know the story, the creation. And in the beginning, 
after the creation, God says, you know, he looks at everything and he says, it's good. And I think that so often we get um, mired down and we forget that it was good. And we, we start from the point that everything crashed and everything was so bad. And, and uh, we forget that we have through Christ now this good. And in Psalm 27, if I could read a couple uh, verses, you know, David said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There's so much going on in our world and, um, you know, in the Newton's lives and in your life and things that seem so bad and so easy to be distrusting. It's so easy to, um, to not look for the good and to be fearful. As in John says, there's no fear in love, you know, Perfect love casts out all fear. And that fear creates so many interesting things inside of us and does so many interesting things to us. But David says, you know, inside of this this world, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me. In this I will be confident. In the last verse of twenty seven, Psalm twenty seven, it says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. There is nothing about me that likes to wait. I do not. That word is is not native um, to my vocabulary. And uh, but the essence of waiting is sitting. It's trusting as was mentioned earlier. It's believing. And inside of that, I am grateful that I get to see goodness. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't see goodness. And I'm very thankful uh, for this church body and for the community we're around now and being able to see and experience um, so much goodness. Hey, man, it's perspective, isn't it? Everything we're talking about is what we believe, what we believe. Chris, not that you and Drew don't count. This is my field of vision for this side. I'm trying to goad Steven Eisenberg into saying something, but not successful so far. All right. Now, now we're going to have words of wisdom. Yeah, right. Um, through the past study of Job over this last year that we did, I called Brad a couple times. Are you done kicking me each and every week? And he goes, I'm preaching to myself. And I was like, well, you're kicking me, and I appreciated you to stop. But um, through that time, um, God has taught me to that his enduring love lasts far more than the turmoil we may be in right now, the suffering that we may be going through, it's there for a reason. It's there to teach us, uh, for me particularly, was to say the sin in your life that you think is okay and manageable is not anywhere close to being okay. and that Or manageable. Or manageable, and that your good is not good enough, and how... I that God is it and that 
he draws the line. He tells us when we are good enough. And it is a lifelong lesson of being sanctified and being brought through the process of being redeemed and living in his grace and his power and his love each and every day that um, that we get to experience the freedom that comes with knowing Christ and the joy that comes with knowing Christ. And without that, all we're going to do is just sit there and lie to ourselves and say, we're okay. We've got that managed. And God's sitting there going, no, I'll manage it for you and take care of you, and I will love you despite your frailties and failures. And without knowing his enduring love and feeling his patience and peace and love that conquers everything, like it's mentioned in Romans 8, uh, 31 through the end of the chapter, since I can't read that quickly. Um, But without knowing Christ's enduring love for us, despite everything that we do and everything we do right and everything we do wrong, without knowing that peace and that conquering power that Christ brings to us, we can't experience the freedom and joy that he does want us to have and to to experience. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Uh, Just over three years ago, my wife Stacy and I um, were looking for a body to be a part of and we tried a few churches, and uh, we decided that those churches were not where God wanted us. Um, so we expanded our parameters and ended up trying a church in Harnett County. <laughs> I didn't even know what Harnett County was. <laughs> but I'm so glad that we did. I'm glad that... Um, Says the man from Edenton. <laughs> <laughs> I had considered myself well-traveled until I found Harnett County. <laughs> Um, but uh, Stacy and I, and I'll, I'll speak for Stacy, um, are so thankful that God did lead us here um, to this amazing body. Um, we are the body of Christ, um, and it's amazing how even in the body, um, this body particular um, is so special, and it's because each of you individually um, adds such a unique um, perspective, a uniqueness um, to the body at Grace. Um, I'm very thankful for that. Um, I'm going to read uh, 1 Peter 2, um, 8, 9, and 10. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, that is our Christ, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word and as they were destined to. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into a marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. We are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I'm so thankful to be a part of this community of believers, um, knowing that uh, Each of you, as a part of the body, puts your trust in our Lord Jesus. And um, it's just a pleasure um, to know you and uh, to be a part of the body here, Grace. Thank you, Lee. It's great to have you here and Kathy and Dexter and all of you here. We are so grateful that God has led you to this place. I'm so thankful that several of our elders shared just 
it, that encourages me and so many more could have uh, and, and in fact I'm, we may take one more in just a minute so if you really have something to say uh, I was just thinking that theme that we've are he- hearing all day darkness to light so often we want to say to relatives and people that are very close to us can't you just see no they're in darkness and unless God opens their eyes unless the light comes on your job is to share Jesus and let the light of Christ flow through you. Witness to your relatives, to the people at work, but don't do it every time you see them. Let them hear the gospel, and then God will take that word and do what he will. You know, if, if they're just dreading seeing you, what are you accomplishing? You know, if they're like, oh, gosh, here we go again. But let it come up naturally. And you know what? In a time of trouble, they'll know where to find you. Let God do his work. But absolutely share the gospel. I'm not saying don't. Absolutely do. Just don't do it every time. One last person before we have our benevolence offering. Anyone else? Yeah, well, this is appropriate. Now we're going to boo. Uh, when the Peterson, you know, Peterson's ending here, so then we can have our booze about them leaving. No, I'm just kidding. I don't like to do this because I <laughs> cry. Um, get emotional. Um, as Drew's shared, you know, we've been going through the job transition, but we've also been going through two little people living with us for a year now. And um, we talk about our family here. And, you know, we have our immediate family and we've brought two people in who it's, it is such an a image of what God is doing with us. These kids come. They don't have any concept of our values, our um, way of doing things. And, you know, and you're wanting them to conform. And I am not God. I am not patient. I'm not kind all the time. Um, so it's just amazing. That has been an amazing thing. There's so much I could say about it, and I don't even really know where to begin, but just amazed at, that God has allowed us to do that, and it does. It, it, it's such a picture of the body of Christ, um, you know, within our family. And like me, I mean, I'll, I'll be struggling so much with trying to want to change something that somebody's doing (laughs) one of these people is doing and you know and I'm reminded of how God is using circumstances in my life to mold me and change me and I'm just constantly realizing how maybe I thought kind of like Stephen like maybe I thought I was a little bit right here and maybe I'm a little bit more down here and um and just so thankful for the opportunity um for our family for that to experience that and I know it's touched our our kids and my husband and I as well, you know, just all the growing that we're doing and everything. But thankful for that. And we benefit from your growth. It's never. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's never a bad thing to be in a place to be humble where you're where you're forced to be humble. You understand there's a difference between humility and humiliation. It's when you're humiliated, likely it's your pride 
coming to the forefront saying, I am so embarrassed by what you've done. You have embarrassed the whole family. No, you've, you've embarrassed me. But be humble when God calls you to be. It's a good thing. It doesn't feel like it, but it's a good thing. And God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. And, 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 and he's gracious to give us opportunities time after time. And so we thank them, we're thankful for the, all the opportunities you're having, Jenny. And we'll learn from you. Secondhand experience is better, you know. Well, let's stand together. Uh, we're going to pray. And um, then you'll be seated uh, as we take our benevolence offering. Um, once a month, on the last Sunday of the month, we take an offering to help those who are in need. First in our body, within our body, and then those that we're connected with. That we can show the love of Jesus who uh, don't know him uh, through our, our gifts. Well, in the song we just heard uh, was a reference to the centuries that passed in silence between God speaking through the prophets in the Old Testament and the coming of Christ. Hundreds of years where, as far as we know, God did not speak. Um, but the last thing he had to say in his word before the first advent in Malachi, I'll read from the end. The day of the Lord is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day is coming that shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, The sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings, and you shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. Specifically referring to the first coming of Christ, bringing hope into the world. But we can look back at this and see that the second advent is coming when the sun of righteousness will rise again and we will all be truly healed as we've been talking about uh, today. And we will leap for joy. So remember that in days of sorrow and pain and suffering and just the mundaneness of everyday life, that the day is coming when we will leap at the joy that the Lord brings. Go in peace.